And we're just going to read one verse, chapter 5, verse 22. And uh, we're going to read it together. So let's read. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Everybody shout faithfulness. Lord, we ask that you would just move through this teaching. Those of us who are here and those who are listening elsewhere by podcast, etc. Would you just move in our hearts and in our hearing and help us not just hear, but figure out what we need to do by your power and through your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Shall amen? Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Come on, once again, everybody shout faithfulness. Faithfulness. Let's start by helping you to define, or rather my giving you my definition of uh, what I think the Bible means when it comes to lifting this word faithfulness. Essentially, uh, it is a decision, shout decision, while God gives us the power to be faithful, we have to make the decision. So it is a decision to stick. Everybody shout stick. Stick, stick. It's a decision to stick, to stick with it, to stick with her, uh, to, 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 to stay with the mission or the vision. It is a decision to stick. Ask the person next to you, are you sticky? <laughs> At the end of the day, faithfulness should make you sticky. Love should make you, in a sense, sticky, that you should be able to stick through thick and thin. That's faithfulness. Let me give you some other words that are kind of synonyms for this word. Uh, uh, Loyalty. It's another way of talking about faithfulness. Commitment. That's another way of talking about it. Fidelity or dependability. So let me ask you, how faithful are you? If I was to ask your close friends, would they, would they say that you are loyal? Or would they essentially say something like this? Well, uh, 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 whenever they need me, the friend would say, you know, they don't have any problems calling on me, but when I need them, I can't find them. That's the person next to you. Could, could they be talking about me? I'm just like, Ask them, could they be talking about me? <laughs> Don't say yes. <laughs> well, maybe you should say yes. Shout <sighs> uh, commitment. Are you committed to, if I could open up your heart right now and see the vision that God has placed in you about your future. See the mission that God has called you to. Maybe it's a business that God wants you to launch. Maybe it's a a change in career that God wants you to make. Maybe it's a book that God wants you to write or a song that God wants you to develop or to become a caretaker for somebody uh, in the context of your family. If I could see the vision, the mission that God has put in you, would I be able to look at your life and say, you know what, she or he, they are committed to that vision. You committed? What about fidelity? 
are being trustworthy, or, or to use the term faithful, are you, are you trustworthy by faithful, are you, uh, would your spouse or your significant other say, yes, my, this person that I love, they are, uh, they are, they are trustworthy, or do they say something like this, I don't trust her beyond what I can see her. Oh, I don't trust him beyond what I can see. How's your faithfulness? What about dependability? If I was to go to your job right now and talk to your boss, would your boss say that, yes, this person is, in fact, dependable? Would they say that, yes, she shows up not just on time, she, she's ahead of time, and, and she works late, and, 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 and he makes sure that all of his work and responsibility is, is discharged. Would, would, would your boss be able to say that, or would your colleagues be able to say, she or he, they're dependable, that, 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 that when I need some help with my work, I can call on them, and they're always faithful. How's your faithfulness? Ask the person next to you, how's your faithfulness? Ask them. Well, here's some good news. What Paul is saying to us through this text is that however your faithfulness is, whatever the level of your faithfulness is, there is another gear that can kick in. There is another, there is another season that you can move into, but you can't kick the gear. You can't move into it on your own. It requires the work of God in your life, that, that God can help you to kick your faithfulness, your loyalty, your commitment into another gear, into a, another season. Now, I believe that earthly faithfulness, the best expression of faithfulness between us, is first anchored and rooted in our faithfulness to God. And you've heard me say before, and, and uh, Pastor Dan is here, and he says this often as well. Him and Rebecca, they've been married, is it 40 years? 48 years. Stand up so they can see 48 years. This is what 48 years look like, y'all. Look at that. They still sitting close together. I mean, come on now. This is, that's 48 years. <laughs> but both me and PDF will say the same thing. There would have been no 48 years, and there would have been no 32 years for me and Rhonda if had we not been more loyal to God and our wives, more loyal for them, they've been more loyal to God than we were to each other. So our faithfulness begins with a faithfulness to God, and that faithfulness really is rooted in our understanding how faithful God is to us. All right, now I've got, I've got some good news. Shout good news. I mean, for some of you, what I'm about to tell you, it was worth the trip just to get what I'm about to give you right now. Actually, after you get what I'm going to give you right now, for some of you, you could like, you could exit, but don't exit. Stay for the rest of the message. But it's, 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 it's going to be that. Probably. Look at 1 Corinthians 13 and 7. Listen, here's how Paul describes. Now, he's describing faithfulness. He's using, love is the, is, is, the, is the expression, but he's describing faithfulness. Listen to what, how he describes faithfulness. He says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through 
every circumstance. Shout love. First John tells us that God is love. So let me give you some really exciting news that what Paul is describing is just not what, he's not only describing what faithfulness ought to look like between us, what Paul is also describing is what faithfulness looks like from God to us, how God demonstrates his faithfulness to us. Now let's just substitute love with God. Here's what he's saying about, here's how God thinks about you. He says, God never gives up on you. God never loses faith in you. God is always hopeful about you. God endures through every circumstance with you. Come on now, give God a hand praise. That's celebrating. It is not a conditional statement. It is not God feels this way about you when you act a certain way or if you do certain things. You know, some of us like, we like, 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 you know, we, we think of God like our, our parents, that we feel like our parents are faithful to us when we do certain things. Or we feel like our spouses or our siblings or our colleagues or our friends are faithful to us if we do certain things. But, but, but this is just a fact about God and you. Whether you are faithful or not, whether you come to church or not, whether you acknowledge God or not, this is what God thinks about you. He says, I'll never give up. I'll never lose faith. I'll always be hopeful. I will endure through all circumstances. Shout good news. All right, now, I can prove it. I can prove to you that God has not given up on you and that he's not lost faith in you. Somebody asked, how? I like the way you ask your question. I'm going to prove it right now. If you're breathing, your breath is the proof. If you are breathing right now, if you are alive right now, if you were able to come in here because somebody pushed you or you walked in here, come on now. That is the proof that obviously God hadn't given up on you. That's the proof that obviously God still has hope for you and faith in you and a plan for your life. And even now, he says, if you would just throw open your heart, I'm here, I'm here. Shout so proof. I'm still breathing. So what the teaching of scripture is, that if I really get how faithful God is to me, more faithful than any other human being, and his faithfulness to me is designed to take me not just across the planet, but through eternity. Y'all ain't listening, come on. If I really get how faithful God is to me, it begins to generate in me a sense of faithfulness, a faithful. Response. This is what Jesus means when he says in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 12 and 13. Here's what he says. He says, my command is this. He's talking about it's another way of hearing faithfulness. Shout faithfulness. Love each other as I have loved, as I have loved you. Next. Greater love is no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's 
friends. And he's talking about his faithfulness. Next verse, you are my friends. Now, here we find the first. If you do what I command. His way of saying, uh, uh, I'm giving you my level of faithfulness. Now, I'm, I'm asking you to come up. Shout, come up. Okay, how do we do this? Listen. When I run into little kids, when I'm greeting people, little kids, I'm talking about four or five year old, six years old, they usually have one or two responses to me. There's a little child who when they see me, they don't know me, and I reach out to them, and they run away. Sometimes they run away crying, trying to hide, look for some help. Who is this fella? On the other occasion, and I can't explain the difference uh, in terms of why, but there are other kids that as their parents are greeting me, the next thing I know, I look down and the little girl or the little boy, they're doing this. And what do you think I'm going to do when I look down and I see her do, doing this, when I see him doing this? What, what, what am I going to do? I, 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 I'm going to respond. Come on now. I'm going I'm to reach down and I'm going to pull her up. All right? That's a great picture of how God reacts with how a lot of us react to God. That, that a lot of us see God through the lenses of guilt and shame and fear. And whenever we get close to God, or rather when God comes close to us, we run, we hide. In a sense, we, we scream. We, we want to come close enough to hear a message, but we don't want to get too close. God is saying, but if you would dare be like that other example, if you would dare come to God and do this, you know how we do, we, we do this when we pray. Come on now. When we say, God, will you intervene in my life? We, we do this when we praise. Come on. When we talk about he's a way maker. Come on now. Uh, come on. And a miracle worker. Come on. We do this when we read the word of God and we see how he formed the world and, and brought sight to the blind and, and loves the unlovable. And we, we, we do this and say, God, will you do that? And when we do this to God, come on now, if, if in my brokenness, I'll take a little girl that I don't know but when she does that I'll pick her up come on now how much more will God when you do that will he just I want you to take that image into the next time you pray the next time you're in your private time and you're just going to do a little singing to God I want you to, I want you to take that image of it. here's what I'm doing and that's how God pulls you closer and then he begins to work his faithfulness into and out of your life. Now, what does that faithfulness look like? Uh, that's, that, 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 that next gear that only happens when, 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 when God is supernaturally moving in our lives to get us to the next gear. Shout next gear. Well, one of the ways to talk about it is, uh, is, 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 is this way, uh, that faithfulness is described as uh, essentially keeping 
your word, keeping your promises, even when it hurts. Being true to what you say, even when it hurts. Now, one of my favorite passages that really drives us home is Psalms 15. And actually, verse 4 is where the inside is. But it's such a fabulous uh, set of verses. I just... I just thought I'd read all of them, uh, starting in verse 1, because I just love how he just lays this out. God says, who may worship, uh, something that says, who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord, something that says, who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Then he answers the question, those who lead blameless, not, not flawless, but faithful lives, that's what he means by that, those uh, who do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere heart, those who refuse to gossip harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. My, those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord. And let's read it together. Wow. All right. Now, here's the first thing I need to say. If, because I always have to say this when I come to a point like this. If you are in a physically abusive relationship, This verse does not apply to you. If you are in a sexually abusive relationship, this verse does not apply to you. So do not go home and say the the pastor has confirmed for me that God wants me to stay in this physically or sexually abusive relationship. That, that's right, the devil is a liar. And that is not faithfulness. That is insanity. So I'm not talking to you, you fit this category. I'm saying you get out. And for some of you, getting out is really learning how to keep your promise to God even when it hurts. Right? Now, for the rest of us, this 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 is really a picture of what faithfulness looks like as we trek through life. Now, we see this in God, first and foremost, keeps his promises even when it hurts. What does that look like? That looks like Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you and for me. Keeps his promises even when it hurts. What does it look like in our our world? Let me me show a couple pictures very quickly, take you through. Uh, a a couple of pictures. First one I'm going to put up is uh, a lady by the name of Miss Maura Smith. She was a part of New York City's finest. And in 2001, on September 11th, she saw the first plane that flew into the Twin Towers. And when she saw it happen, she immediately had a sense of, obviously, what was going on. So she ran into the building, and she began to usher the people out. And those who were part of that experience said that she was so calm when she did it that it, it, it mitigated, it, it produced a calmness for them. And they came out by the hundreds. And the more they came out, the further she went in. And when it was all said and done, hundreds of people had been saved because of her faithfulness, though she lost her life. As a matter of fact, she's the only female police officer 
who lost her life on 9-11. Why? Because somewhere earlier, she took an oath. She made a promise to serve and protect. And she kept her promise even when it cost her her life. Somebody say faithfulness. Here's another example. It's an example of our elder. Tom and his wife, Marion Racine, uh, they come in a few months, will have been married 60 years. Celebrate that. You know what this is about? This is about keeping your promises even when it hurts. Right? You don't get to 60 years without it. If they were here, they would say there were times when they didn't like each other. There were times when, when they hurt one another. There were times when they wanted to go separate ways. But, but because first and foremost, if they were here, they would echo this, their loyalty to God and therefore their faithfulness to each other, they found a way to work it through and now they celebrate 60 years. Shout faithfulness. So this is another picture of faithfulness. Let me give you another uh, picture of faithfulness. It won't be here. I'm just going to paint it. I, I know a mother right now who's a part of this congregation whose, whose son got shot, and he is an adult uh, young man who is uh, basically uh, almost totally disabled. She is a widow, but she's his caretaker, and she cares for him day in and day out. Can you say faithfulness? I know a daughter right now who, her mother is in the final stages of cancer and she has just moved in her mother into the house with her and, and you can only imagine how painful this is uh, as the daughter goes to work and comes back and runs a multitude of errands and, and is there caring for her mother uh, and she's going to walk with her mother all the way through till the end. Can somebody shout faithfulness? I know another child who is caring for uh, his uh, uh, aging uh, mom who is in the early stages of Alzheimer's. And unless you've been there, you just can't imagine how painful that is, obviously, for the victim of Alzheimer's. But the victim includes the caregivers. Can somebody say faithful? All right, now, now, now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You, you may be saying, well, if I had to, I would. That's not the kind of faithfulness that the Holy Spirit is, wants to produce in our lives, right? The, the, the kind of faithfulness that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our lives is best defined by the other aspects of the fruit. So you have to ask yourself the question, is my expression of faithfulness, though it is in tough circumstances, uh, uh, does it come from a place of love? Is my expression of faithfulness, uh, 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 though it doesn't always feel good, but, 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 but is there some sense of joy to be able to, to serve and to care? Does my, my faithfulness, uh, even though it is in sometimes painful experiences, uh, but, but, but does it come from a place of peace? Because I know I'm doing what God has called me to do. Uh, does my faith, is my faithfulness defined by a commitment, come on now, to suffer? long to be patient and by the way uh, I know I'm faithful but is it kind 
Because I know a lot of faithful people who are not kind. So the kind of faithfulness that, that God works in us, I'm, 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 we can manufacture a faithfulness that is not loving, that does not have joy, that is fully drudgery. We, we can push that through on a human level. But I'm talking about the work that God wants to do in us is a faithfulness that at the end of the day, comes from a place of, it expresses itself in steadfast kindness, is defined by what I call goodness last weekend. It, it's, it's, it's sacrificial, it's generous, it's courageous, it's God honoring. Is that how your faithfulness looks? Or are you faithful but complaining and cussing and fussing and mean and ugly? God's faithfulness makes you look beautiful, not ugly. It causes you to act beautifully, not, not perfectly, but faithfully. Do you know? Ask the person next to you, how's your faithfulness? All right, give you just pictures of, of why we need God to be at work, why we need to do this to God on a regular basis, and, and that we're inviting him to actually do his work of faithfulness in our lives. Uh, let me just give you another picture uh, as, we, as we move towards the, the end of this our time together. Uh, 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 and, 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 and note this. Faithfulness is, the, is a fundamental, it is a basic ingredients for success. That if at the end of the day you want to be successful, you cannot be successful in the world unless you're faithful at something. Success comes out of faithfulness. Listen, uh, one of my favorite, uh, you guys know that I love uh, uh, Seth Curry. He's one of, you know, I like to talk about him. He's great. But he's not my all-time favorite basketball player. My, my, ask me, who's my all-time favorite basketball player? Oh, man, I can't believe y'all wanted to know. Thank you. Magic Johnson. All right? Magic, 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 magic. And, and, and Magic uh, got his name. He, 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 he was absolutely known for being able to, to shoot and score. But Magic got his name not just because he was a good scorer but because of how he handled the ball. Ma- 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 Magic is the one who, who, who originated the no-look pass. He, he's looking over there and he catches you over there. Come on, he, uh, Magic is the guy who's going towards the, who originated going towards the goal, and just when you think he's going to lay it up, he, he, he puts it around his back and catches the other guy in the open eye. I, 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 I mean, Magic handled the ball with such finesse and such surprise that people said, wow, it looks like... But he didn't just wake up like that, right? That success came out of a faithfulness. As he was here, Magic would say, look, man, when he was four or five years old, he was out there on the court working with that ball. Even when he got into school, he would get up an extra hour, listen, an extra hour earlier to go out on the court to work with the ball. When he was going to school, everywhere he went, that ball, right there, that ball like this was in his hands. Took him to class, going down the hall, going in the gym, going in the cafeteria, walking down the street. He's bouncing. He's working with that ball. Somebody say faithful. 
He's working with that ball. He's working with that ball until one day he got to a place that when the stage opened up because of his faithfulness working with the ball, somebody said it looks like, but it wasn't magic, guys. It was faithfulness. Faithfulness. And the reason why I like magic because uh, if, if he, he, he also developed some other dreams along the way. Like he started dreaming of being a businessman and he started dreaming when he was playing for the Lakers of one day being in the front office. Today he is the president of the Lakers organization and he, he has multiple businesses that he owns and he is a, he's a, he's a sold out follower of Jesus Christ and if he was here he would say that it was, it was God who, who took that, that, that aptitude for faithfulness that was, that was expressed in his passion for ball, come on now, and, and kicked it into another gear that enabled him ultimately to become the president of the Lakers and, and, and a multi, multi-millionaire business owners. Real success requires faithfulness over the long Here's, here's another picture. Uh, transformative friendship. Shout friendship. I'm talking about friendships that, that literally changes your life, has built within it the basic ingredients of faithfulness. Here's what the psalmist says uh, right here. Listen to uh, Psalms, I mean the Proverbs, Proverbs 18. Here's what they say. I love this proverb. It's great. Uh, 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 you got it? There it is. There are what? That's in quotes. Okay, now I want you to do this. I want you all to do this with me. I want you to read this. They are friends, but you got to put friends. You got to do this. Put it in quotes, okay? There are, come on. Yes, 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 yes. That, 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 that means they, they, they wear the name friends, but they're not friends. Come on now. Friends, so-called friends. My daddy was here. That's what he said. Who destroy each other, but a real friend. What? There it is. Sticks. Closer than a brother represents six closer than blood. That's what he's saying. A, a real friend is sticky, 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 it's sticky. They stick no matter how hard it gets. Now, this is a good way for me to explore just for a moment the opposite of a real friend, the opposite of faithfulness in friendship. You know how it looks like? Let me see. The opposite of this text is a fair weather friend. Uh, the opposite of this text is an opportunist. I asked the person next to you, could it be that I'm an opportunist and don't know it? Let's ask him. Oh, that's going to like I don't know. Well, I'm going to help you figure it out. I'm going to help you figure it out. One of my favorite movies, my romantic comedies, I got a list of romantic comedies that I really like. And one of them is Mr. Wright. Some of you may or may not have seen this movie, but uh, this fellow is, is Carmen, the rapper. He's playing uh, a pro basketball player. This is obviously uh, Queen Latifah, who is a physical therapist in the movie. And, and this is her cousin, Morgan. Shout Morgan. In this scenario, come on now, uh, uh, Morgan is the fair weather friend. Morgan is the opportunist. Uh, Morgan is what some folk would call a gold digger. And by the way, just to make it clear, there are some men who are gold diggers too. All right. So, so, 
So, so, so this whole thing is set up that, that, that uh, she providentially runs into him, Latifah, tells her cousin who's been trying to get a, a basketball player for a husband, right? So she shows up at the party, come on now, on her dime, and then she plays the game. Say, the game. He says, can I have your, he says to her, can I have your number? She says, oh, no, you're a basketball player. I can't give my number. I no. Knowing that he will pursue her and get the, get the number, get the number, right? And, and, and so in the next uh, scene, they're madly in love. Oh, she's going to parties with him. They're eating great dinners together. She's sitting with all the players' wives. Oh, she's cheering. That's my man. Shout, my man. <laughs> then in the game, come on now, he, 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 he messes up his knee. And the next a few weeks, commentators saying, the Knicks may not reselling him. This girl is a physical therapist. She, she, she's working with him. And she tells him, look, if they sign you, great. If they don't resign you, no problem, because you're more than the role you play. All right, somebody needs to hear that. You're more than the role that you play. All right? So... She gets him back. He says, he goes back in, wins a great game. They give him a big, oh, oh, but in the meantime, excuse me, in the meantime, while the news is bad, he calls her. He can't find her. Then he gets a note. The note says, I can't handle it. And she gone. Seven months later, he's back on his feet. There's a knock at the door. Can somebody say opportunist? Can somebody say fair weather friend? Come on now. Uh, uh, and she comes in and, and watch this. And he, when she comes to the door, this woman been with him all the time, a friend that sticks closer than blood. Come on now. And he says to her, I'm so confused. <laughs> Babe, listen, <laughs> repeat this with after me. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Opportunists, the real thing. If Magic was here, he'd say, Pastor, you're telling my story. He said, he says, because when I had to go public with being HIV, he said, all those friends that I thought I had scattered. <laughs> I was going to say an analogy, but I'm not going to say it. I will say it. <laughs> scattered like, 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 like roaches in the light. Uh, so he told his wife right Cookie now when he told Cookie he had to tell her Cookie's pregnant so he had to say to her I've been sleeping around with hundreds of women and I have HIV and you might have HIV Cookie does two things the first thing she does is slaps him I call it a Holy Ghost slap. <laughs> then, then the second thing she does, she says, she says, if you surrender right now to God, we're going to take this to God. And I believe that God's going to raise you up and preserve you. 
And if magic was here now, he would tell you that that was the prayers of his wife. He went back to church. He gave his life to Jesus. Come on now. And, 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 and 20 years later, he's, he is this powerful businessman. Talking about God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness. Come on now. But the prayers of a praying spouse. Talking about Cookie's faithfulness. That's what it looks like. Keep your promises even when it. Everybody else scattered except for one other fella, Larry Bird. Larry Bird had been his nemesis, but when he heard what was going on with, with Magic, Larry picked up the phone because he had, he had formed so much respect for him as a competitor. And they cried together on the phone. And from that point forward, whatever magic has needed, Larry has been there for him and vice versa. Magic has been there for him with kindness, with goodness, out of a place of love and joy and patience and peace. Larry and Cookie, the friend that sticks closer than blood. Are you that kind of faithfulness? God wants me to ask you, are you that kind of faithfulness? Because if you're not, God says, I am, meaning God saying that he is. And he can impart that through his spirit to you. But you have to have this kind of posture. And he'll meet you in your circumstances. Somebody shout, wow. All right, let me close it out. It's the final lesson that Jesus teaches. I mean, the final lesson for this message, Jesus teaches him. Jesus says, see, I've told you all these big examples. I've told you about 60 years of marriage. I've told you about a mother who's caring for her disabled adult son. I've told you about Magic and Larry, Bird, Cookie. But Jesus says that kind of faithfulness begins with the little things. Let's see what he says. Luke chapter 16, here's how he puts it uh, for his followers. He says this. Got it? Well, they thought, here it is. If you are faithful in I didn't hear you. In, you will be faithful in, but if you are dishonest in, you won't be honest with, you see it? Shout the little things. The little things, the little things. What Jesus is saying, what the Holy Spirit is suggesting that you look at in your life where he wants to do some work over the course of this week and the weeks to come, he wants you to pay attention to the little things. One of the things that I teach both of my, I've taught both of my kids, Lauren is having to deal with it now. She's coming along through the house. It's the same basic lesson. I, I, I want them to learn. Finish what you started. You know at the heart of that what that is? Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. Finish what you started. If you're going to make up the bed, finish making up the bed. Do it well. Shout little things. Oh, here's a little thing. Guys, you told your wife 
that you were going to move that toolbox out of the back bedroom six weeks ago. <laughs> That's about, shout, little things. Keeping your word in the little things. In the little things. And if you find yourself challenged with that, uh, 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 let me give you another example. There's some parents sitting here, maybe you've got four kids, and you've decided that you're going to spend, you're going to set aside four different days to contact and and love on and pray with each kid. And you made that decision that you were going to do it two years ago. And you have not done it yet. Can you say little things? Little things, little things, little things. Now, let me give you a practical way to make sure you do, do that kind of stuff, right? If, you, if you're going to, li- listen, listen, put it on your calendar. Designate a date and a time and set a reminder and say, I, 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 and when it, when it goes off, make it the greatest priority in your life. That's teaching yourself, learning how to be faithful, faithful, faithful. You're going to start a new habit like joining a small group or serving Right, right, joining a serving team. Some of you have been saying, well, I'm going to serve, I'm going to join, I'm going to join, I'm going to join, I'm going to join, I'm going to join. It's like four years ago. We said, well, here's how you do it. Here's how you start a new habit. Say, you know what? I'm going to do it for three weeks. Shout three weeks. Set something, a start and a finish, because you want to finish. Then at the end of three weeks, you reevaluate, see, you do another three weeks. Shout the little things. Being faithful. Jesus invites us to learn, allow him to produce faithfulness as we struggle with the little things. Shout, a little touch goes a long way. Listen, the psychiatrist tells us that marriages that make the distance and remain healthy are marriages where the the couple are always touching each other. Listen, men. In non, listen, man, in non, listen, man, in non-sexual ways. <laughs> you sit close, like see PDM sitting close with his elbow on his wife right there. They touching. They touching. And I know we've got some cultural things all this time. I'm just telling you what the science says, right? It's reaching out and holding our hands, or he holding his hands. It's, it's giving a hug when you leave from work and, and giving a kiss when you come back home. It's, 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 it's non-sexual touching. Those of you who are dating, et cetera, the case might be non-sexual touching. You know why? Because they said it releases a hormone. The hormone that causes us to stick in relationship is released every time we touch. Shout the little things. Little things, little things, little things. Shout a little gift. A little gift of affirmation, guys, go, go and, and women go a long way. Uh, uh, and that doesn't mean you got to go buy flowers all the time and, and chocolates all the time, although that's great if you can afford to buy flowers, buy chocolates. And listen, ladies, we guys like flowers. You didn't know that. Gender equality. <laughs> we like chocolates. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Send some candy. Come on. It goes both ways, right? But what the psychiatrist says, that if we, if we, if we give little gifts, then I'd be expensive, man, in the technology age, you can do, you know, I try to send my wife, she's right here, she can, she can attest to it, three, four times a week, at least once a day, I try to text her. I mean, short text, doesn't take me but 10, 15 seconds. Baby, how you doing? 
Oh, I'm thinking about you. Oh, you know what? I, I hope you're having a really good day. I, I, I'm praying for you. Uh, something really great happened to me. I can't wait to get home to tell you about it. You know, or just simply, I'm thinking about you and I love you. Now, what does that do for my wife? That, that, that tells my wife that as busy as I am, I'm thinking about her. And she does the same for me. I told y'all last weekend, I figured this out. This is a technological thing. I just make it work for me. I, I learned this. I'm on Apple Music. So I was gone three days. And every time I run across a song, there's a love song that lifts me. Come on now. Luther and all them boys. Come on. <laughs> Baby face. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Whenever I run across one of them and they say what I'm trying to say, I just text it to my wife. Three days I was gone. She got a song every day. Didn't cost me nothing. Shout, it's the little things. Faithfulness. Everybody shout, prayer. Here's what what statistics say, and I'm ending here. Statistics says this. First time marriages end in divorce, about 50%. Folk who remarried, that ends in divorce at about 78%. Only 1% of those statistics are people who pray together. But if you find a couple that prays together, the statistic zooms up of how long they stay together. Wow. Shout little things. I'm not talking about hours of prayer. I'm talking about like five minutes. All right, let me tell you. Let me model for you how to do it. A couple times a week, just join hands or hold hands. See, shout touch. And then start praying. Now, here's what you don't say. Lord, I'm holding the hands of a demon. <laughs> deliver him, deliver him, deliver him in the name of Jesus. The left over. <laughs> it won't work, it won't work. It will not work. That <laughs> you hold hands and you, you focus the prayer on you. Lord, sometimes I act like a demon. Sometimes I, I, I say the wrong things, but Lord, I don't want to. And I want you to word my mouth. I want you to, to transform my heart. I, I want you to work with me. Now you're holding her hands or his hands, and they listen to you cry out to God to help you. And then if there's some issues around money or this or that, you take it to God. We know you have all power. Show us what to do. Three, four, five minutes, amen, Jesus' name. But you know what has just happened? Number one, you've just experienced humility. Because if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're praying and asking God to work on you, that's humility. And when your heart is open, then God can come into you. Secondly, she or he hears your heart. You couldn't get it through in an argument, but they hear you praying. And they hear the passion and the love and the care. And the third thing is, if you're praying together, as long as you're praying, there's hope. Tell somebody, there's hope. There's hope, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope. hope. Jesus says, great faithfulness begins with a decision. Come to him like that. Say, have your way in me. And then decide in the little things to be faithful.
and he'll bless you in the big things. Say amen. Give God a hand, praise.